Whoa, we are back for the 11th interview episode of Home at Advantage. I am Sam Herring, joined today by Michaela Beck. Michaela is a 2018 U.S. Open runner-up. She's a two-time senior world. Uh, she's a two-time world medalist in 2018, including a junior and senior. She's a two-time Pan American medalist in 2018, including a junior and a senior. She's a 2016 Junior Nationals champion and 2019 Junior World Team member. How's it going today, Michaela? I'm good, Sam. Thanks for having me on your podcast, man. I'm excited. Definitely, definitely. Um, so how did you get into wrestling, uh, and how were you introduced to the sport? Uh, well, you know, um, I did Taekwondo. I did a lot of sports growing up, but I was really into Taekwondo, really into martial arts, Bruce Lee, George St. Pierre, and started watching MMA. And my dad wrestled in high school and college, so he was into wrestling, and that led him to be interested in martial arts. Um but just watching all those fights, you know, it seemed that the wrestlers were dominating. And uh, since I wanted to get into MMA, I thought, you know, I got to, I got to, um, you know, get into wrestling, have some ground game, some background in that aspect. So my dad uh, set me up to wrestle at a, my first Beat the Streets practice. And I just remember it, it being really, really hard, harder than anything I've ever done. Um, and I was kind of hooked on it after. just a challenge. So you started at Beat the Streets? That's when I have. That's where I had my first practice. Yeah. Um. What What is your take on beat the streets? How do you feel about that? And uh, just a little bit about about them. I mean, it's awesome. You know, uh, it's like taking people who kids who you know they might not have much going for them. You know, as far as you know, family life or you know, school. Uh, they're not the, from the best neighborhoods and don't have much to do after school. I think that's the biggest thing. Is you know. <laughs> things you know not the best things happen when you have nothing going on and when you're you're up to no good so to go to a, a wrestling practice and get a good workout in and get better at something you know it makes you a better wrestler obviously but also a better person and that's the biggest thing I've seen that uh happens to kids through that program so where did you grow up I grew up in New York City in Manhattan so uh, after you, you, you said you started out at Beat the Streets, where did you go from there? Well, so I started at Beat the Streets, and then I'm, I live pretty close to New York Athletic Club. And they have, like, open mat practices on Tuesday and Thursday. And, um, you know, I uh, my dad knew some people. I got into that room, and, um, you know, people were just rolling around, and you meet coaches and people. And I met a guy named Mike Torriero who wrestled at West Virginia under Zeke Jones. And um, he, he pretty much just uh, – got a hold of me where he said, listen, I could, I could work with you. And I started working with him one-on-one, -on -one, and that's really when I made jumps in the game. Did you have a passion for wrestling immediately and know that this was for me, or did it take you a little while to really develop that love? I think I, I loved it, and I believed I was going to be really good, but I had no clue the work it was going to take. You know, like I would do two workouts a week, and, and then I'd tell people I was wrestling and I'm training, and that's not training. You know, learning later on, um, it took me about a year in to even understand, like, just the, the hours, the, the um, you know, the lifestyle I was going to have to live to reach my goals. Um, so off the bat, I knew I loved it, but I don't think I had any clue how hard it was going to be. So uh, going forward, did you have did you have success immediately? Or um, I, I imagine you, you wrestled in, in mostly boys, boys' events. Well, I didn't really um, have, like, the typical high school team – kind of vibe that everyone's you know like in a team new york city not really known for wrestling um so i did like beat the streets girls events um and you know i got like pinned my first couple 
times and I was like devastated, which I don't know why, you know, like I just like a couple months in, I just hated losing. I'm like a very sore loser. So that was hard for me. Um, but after that, I think I like took second at this tournament called Gotham City Girls Tournament, which is actually a pretty hard girls tournament now. And that was the start of me believing in myself. And then um, I think, you know, I went to uh, to na girls nationals. I went two and out. I was devastated. Um, next time I went, I took seventh. So I all American and I was happy. But uh, my coach Mike told me that my goal is shouldn't be to All-American. And so, I mean, next time I went, I said I want to win it. And uh, that's the year I took second at Fargo. And then after that, just been ramping it up. So um, your decision to not wrestle in college mm -hmm. or, um, or go to college, when when did you start thinking, I need to really buy into this wrestling thing? And, uh, and how did that decision come about? Well, um, you know, without girls wrestling D1, it was a – the choices for me, you know, no disrespect to any of the schools. There's great programs, and I know a lot of amazing wrestlers that have come out of those programs. I just didn't think it was for me in those areas. You know, I need, like, you know, I need a bigger city, bigger um, schools. I mean, I thrive off that. You know, I love going to Vegas, uh, New York City, big schools, Iowa, you know, um, kind of uh, excites me. And um, I knew it would be a little tricky for me, you know, living and training at schools like that. But um, with that being said, I was going to go to the Olympic Training Center. You know, I, so I was uh, – that's where I thought I was going to go and then ended up plan switching and I was going to come to Iowa. So uh, that's kind of how that, that happened. So um, with women's wrestling kind of on the rise and, and they're hoping that it will become a, a D1 sport here in 2020, mm -hmm. um, First of all, who do you think will be – do you think Iowa will be one to add that program? Yeah, I think Iowa for sure because, you know, Tom's all about it. But with that being said, it takes a certain type of person to come here. You know, he's not about numbers. He's about quality. And um, so I think that's going to be a big, big thing in it, you know. Um, I think Iowa is up there. I think I think Oklahoma State, you know, mm -hmm. is, is starting to get on that train. I think Arizona State has been. Um, so I think I think we're, we're getting there. And North Carolina is one one oh, yeah. where um, Coleman Scott, who has coached on the women's scene, and then they have an RTC for for women's with Becca Leathers there. Um, mm -hmm. I think I think they'd be a pretty good team. And then uh, isn't one of the hey, Steiner, Steiner hey. brothers at Fresno State? Yeah, I would imagine that they would add one. Yeah, for sure. That. Yeah, and um, Haley was at uh, North Carolina too, and I know Macy yeah. Kilty trains there too. So yeah, I mean it's starting to happen. Um, I think it's important for girls to take those trips out there, you know, and just mm -hmm. visit. Um, and you know, and, and you could see, you know, some girls, I know girls that have gone to these places that they say, you know, they're not set up for me yet. Um, and that's, you know, that's completely understandable. And it's, it's a unique situation for them to be ready for you, you know, but we have a special situation here with Mark Perry, you know, cause, uh, he, when, you know, Tom and Terry, they have the, the guys team and they work with us a lot, but, um, you know, Perry's RTC coach, we can really buckle down with the girls and with Clark and Gilman and Sorensen Brooks and you know it's a good situation for us so uh looking forward is that something that you might want to involve yourself in whether you can compete in it l later on do you know uh if you're eligible still yeah that's the thing it's because I haven't gone to those schools I will be eligible so yeah that, that's something I'm, I'm uh, interested in you know with that being said I mean I'm I'm a very extreme person people describe me as that I like to put you know all my effort into one thing and 
right now I'm just training and competing and wrestling. And some people, they, you know, they have their own opinions about that, but that's what I'm doing. You know, I'm very confident in that decision. Um, I have big, big goals for myself. And I know most girls do, but um, I just feel like this is what's right for me. So right now that's what I'm focused on. When the opportunity comes, I'll talk about it, you know, with the coaches and stuff. But um, I don't want to have one foot in and one foot I want to, you know, be involved 100% in whether that's academics, then that's what I'm doing, or my, my wrestling. So um, is, would you be uh, interested in coaching maybe in the future, coaching a, a women's program? Yeah. I mean, I've um, I always thought I was going to be a coach, but, you know, we've done like a clinics and things like that this year it's hard man like it's it's not so simple Pete you, you wish you could like put your like sometimes coaches would told me like I wish I could put my knowledge that's in my mind into yours and you would know exactly what I'm talking about and uh, it's frustrating when you know people aren't on the same page they can't exactly get what you're saying um but then it's so rewarding when you see them kind of get in it clicks I think if I were to coach it would be more with older athletes kind of mm -hmm. if I could still scrap with them kind of the role Morningstar plays at the Iowa program as far as the room goes where he'll he'll jump in there and he'll scrap with a guy right for an hour and a half that's kind of what you know I do um okay so so moving forward your decision not to go to the OTC and uh to go to Iowa mm -hmm. how bought into the OTC were you to start out you know, I, uh, it, it wasn't, it was so much, um, it wasn't even so much the OTC, which is, you know, we've had camps there. It's amazing. They have the nutrition, the strength and conditioning, um, you know, the, everything's close. It's very focused, but it was mostly, you know, Steiner, Terry Steiner. I've had a good relationship and connection with him. Um, he's a Hawkeye and I, you know, was always a fan of his and then I love his coaching style and I believed in him. I was bought into him. Uh, they've had success there. Um, but coming to Iowa, it was a different type of, you know, excitement that I felt in the room. It was virtually going to be unmatched um, after that. I couldn't see myself having trained in this room and then trained somewhere else as a home base. So Terry Steiner understood, and I told him that right away, and he knows exactly what I meant. I mean, he was a Hawkeye, and it's a palpable energy for sure. So, uh, and, and there were a lot, of, a lot of girls wrestlers there at the time, too. Right? How, how many were there that, that could have been your partners? At the OTC? No, at, at Iowa. Iowa. Um, well, first off, there was just – Allie just – honestly, the story is that, you know, um, Allie was always wearing Iowa stuff. I was always wearing Iowa stuff at camps, and we kind of bonded like that. We drilled and um, a couple times, and we, we were kind of cool. We weren't that tight, but we bond, bonded off of liking Iowa. And she moved out to Iowa, and she said, hey, you, you know, come and train. And – it was kind of like, yeah, you know, when I can type situation. And then finally one camp, I was like, dude, I'm serious about coming to train. I want to, I want to check it out. And she said, I'm serious too. Listen, let's make a plan. We made a plan. Um, she also messaged Forrest Molinari, Kayla Miracle. We all came out here in a week in um, July before the Spain Grand Prix tournament. And man, I just was in love. Like it was just insane. Like the, the energy in my first practice, I went with, with Perry, with Mark Perry, a guy who, you know, I've looked up to. And I saw the names I liked. And um, and then, you know, Tom talked to us that trip and said, you could you could train out here. And I was like, oh, thanks. You know, once in a while, we'll come on. He's like, no, you could live out here and train. And uh, I, that was like a dream come true. I was just like, I'm bought in. And um, it happened really quick. It was kind of hard for people to, like, understand. I told my parents. And it would kind of just was a, a lot, you know, really fast. Steiner understood and my parents understood. They knew right away this is what I was going to do. And literally, we uh, 
Lisa, we got a house. We rented a house right away off wow. the bat from that. Me, Allie, Corey, and Kayla Miracle. So, yeah. How, how long did it take? Was it a month? It was, it was very fast. It was less than that because we had the Spring Grand Prix, and I was calling everyone during that trip, talking to Terry Steiner on that trip, and I flew back to Iowa from Spain and got the, and looked at houses then. Oh, wow. So it was th- that serious, and I flew my, my dad came too. I was like, we have to do this. Like, uh, it's it's that real. And um, he talked. We talked to Tom Brands that day, um, in the hotel lobby, and it was that was that. And I was that was like the happiest. Those were some of the happiest days of my life because so so far just because I was so I was ecstatic. You know. Did you see an improvement in your performance immediately? How did how did that Grand Prix in Spain go after a couple weeks of training with us? Uh, um, it was, I mean, I was only in Iowa for like a week and a half or a week. So, um, yeah, I mean, shape wise felt, felt good. I didn't, I didn't medal. I, I know, I think Allie medal force might've, or Kayla won. Allie took gold or Allie took bronze, but, um, uh, I didn't medal, but I just remember feeling super excited about wrestling. And that's, that's always important. Sometimes you feel like you don't want to like, sometimes you feel like you're doing this like a job. And then when you can find that love, like again, for it, always, those are important moments. So that camp was really great for me after the tournament. Um, it, it just, it sparked this like excitement and love for the sport. For me. Definitely. And uh, how, how long do you see this as a, as a permanent place for you, for your wrestling career? I mean, so far. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I see it. I mean, I think how I honestly see my future is I see this always being my home base and I see myself traveling and taking opportunities, you know, to compete and to train um, elsewhere. I love international wrestling. I love wrestling foreigners because it's just such a different feel. So when I can do that, I want to do that. You know, in that sense, I'm not a homebody because I love traveling so much. But in the sense of when it's time to do a six to eight week camp, there's no place I'd rather be than Iowa. Okay, um, so looking forward into your, into your career, how long do you think you want to stay into wrestling, and, and what is the next step for you after wrestling? Well, you know, a lot of people say this, but as long as I'm healthy, I want to. I love the lifestyle of, like, you know, being an athlete, waking up early. I feel better doing that, honestly. I feel better training than on vacation, truly. That's just how my, I'm going to look crazy, you know. That's how my mind operates i can't f- let myself fully relax because i'm thinking about the olympics and i don't know what which one and 2024 20, 28 32 it's uh they're all possible in my mind you know after i'm not i want to always be involved but like i said to you earlier you know maybe i'll put my two feet in something else completely 100 percent. you know maybe um traveling or studying abroad things of that nature but um it's hard to tell what you know Right now, I know a lot of people that feel burned out when they're only like 25, and I'm only 19. So, um, I'm not, I don't plan on that, but I plan to go as long as I'm healthy. Definitely. Um, okay, so again, into the into the coaching side, how big do you think women's wrestling is going to grow, and how fast in D, in the D1 side? How fast? It's hard to it's hard to say that one because it's like. It's weird because, you know, some people thought it was going to be this year. Some people I've heard said it's not going to be for six years. Um, That's really hard to tell. As far as how big it's going to be, I think once we get D1, it's going to be huge. I mean, I think a lot of girls will um, really want to explore those D1 options, Mm -hmm. especially if they're from a small town. You can come to a college town, you know, Iowa City, State College, you know, not the biggest places, but something, you know, 
you know, Nebraska, just a really good college towns, really known colleges. I think that'll be exciting for girls. Definitely. Um, so I, I, I'm trying to find where I saw the article where it said, I think it was an NCAA, uh, NCAA article about it wanting to add women's wrestling, it, it being the fastest growing women's sport yeah. out there, which is, uh, it's incredible to me. And I'm, I'm super glad for that. And then across the high school scene, you see states adding women's wrestling. Yes. Every week. For sure. Day, like yeah. Fargo and body bar, like in our, our world team trials cadet and junior for girls, it grows so much every year and it gets so much harder. You know, just the depth down the line, like to all American, it's harder to win, to make the finals. Um, just totally just, just growth every year that I've been involved. So that's amazing. And uh, Adeline Gray is the uh, American to have the most world championships. Mm-hmm. And uh, the women side had more world champs this year than the men's did. So uh, I think their success is, is growing super fast. And um, with young wrestlers like you growing, and uh, I, I think America is bec- going to become a, a powerhouse across the world if they're not already. Yeah, uh, for sure. I mean, and I, I totally agree. And, um, you know, I think it was an important year as far as the, the Japanese girls didn't completely dominate. And that's a big thing. You know, we, that was kind of our, uh, you know, our Achilles heel as a, as a women's country. You know, you, you feel like you draw a Japanese girl and it's like, oh, she's getting eliminated. And that, that can't be our mindset if we want to be the best in the world. You know, we saw Helen B. Yoshida and we saw, you know, uh, Jakar took, um, took Irea in the final. So it's like, it's possible. And we, we need to have this, that mentality to, you know, know we're the dominant team. Definitely. And uh, I, I think with the growth of women's wrestling, we have more to offer to our wrestlers than, than Japan does. And so we're going to yeah we're gonna be able to grow a lot faster. Uh, you know, Japan is an interesting thing to me because their women have done so much better than their men have in the past. Yeah. And I'm, I'm interested to know if it's just, did they pour into their women's wrestling, women's wrestlers more? Or is it just they succeed, they seem to flourish, and then it, it's yeah. a cycle where the, they great athletes become great coaches and it just keeps going like that yeah that's a really good point i don't know who told me or where i think it's what you first said i think they pour i think they pour everything into the the women you know um i think they they've been doing that and uh it's been working and they have this school called uh called uh shikakan university there's so many world champs in that room cadet junior senior u23 there's olympic champs and they just all wrestle each other all day it's like dagestan on steroids for women. So it's, it's, if you're in a room like that, you're either going to sink or swim. And the girls who sink and rise to the top are ready to win the Olympics in most cases. So that's kind of a room I think that the United States is looking for. Um, And it's hard to like duplicate that because their cadets can go head to head with their seniors. That's where we're a little bit lacking on the women's Mm -hmm. side. Our, you know, our best cadet couldn't go with the top you know, three girl maybe. So it's, um, we need, I think when building up the developmental age group, that's critical. Well, um, right now with you and Macy Kilty and Emily Shilson, mm-hmm. they've been doing really, really well, um, on the age group scene. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think we have a lot to keep pouring in. And then I, I, I think, like you said, the next step is to make them be able to compete. Yeah. And uh, I wonder if, the RTC system where they can actually train with you guys at the Hawkeye mm-hmm. Wrestling Club at in middle school and in high school. Yeah. I think I think that's huge. Yeah, me too. And you know, on their side, they're 
they did it right, in my opinion, because they're world champs, you know. And for me, what it, I think I jumped when I wasn't ready to jump. Maybe and I competed in senior stuff. And when you read my accolades, it kind of gets me hot because, it, like, in a bad way in the sense of, you know, I'm hearing a lot of silvers and, you know, and bronzes. And um, it makes me mad, but at the same time, I know it's because I jumped in, you know, hard tournaments and hard competitions off the bat, senior U.S. Open and senior Pan Ams and whatnot. But, um, yeah, I think that kind of like throwing them in a little bit, even when they're not ready, um, you know, to be to, you know, younger girls training at those levels, you're really going to see, you know, who's going to get tougher. And uh, it's not an easy thing, but that's what's going to take. So. And, uh, and I, I definitely think with the addition of women's wrestling to the D1 NCAA scene, um, it's going to grow so much faster. Where they have an mm-hmm. outlet to train at Iowa when you have Iowa's women's wrestling, Iowa's men's wrestling, and the RTC. Yeah. And you get to kind of intermingle all of those. Uh, it, it'll be great. Yeah. All right, Michaela, that, uh, I'm super glad I got you on for HMA interview number yeah, 11. Uh, thanks for coming on. It was a great It was interview. awesome. Yeah, Sam, thank you so Dude, you're doing amazing stuff. And, uh, Really, dude, like, I'm, I'm happy I, I messaged you talking about the podcast. And uh, thank you for everything you're putting out. Great content. Definitely, definitely. All right, until next time. All right, thanks, Sam.